Hey, up, Sassnacks. It's Chelsea back for another episode of the Sassnack Files. This week is my pre-recorded episode I did live on TSF of Sassnacks about the teaser trailer for season seven. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment to remind you that you can find the Sassnack Files on all sorts of listening platforms, including iTunes, Castbox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, if you have not had a chance yet, make sure you head over to follow the Sassnack files on both Facebook and Instagram to make sure you are up to date on all of the latest and greatest news concerning Outlander season seven and eight, Blood of My Blood, the prequel, and anything Diana Gabaldon cooks up. And with all of that out of the way, let's get into my analysis of the season seven teaser trailer. Something was going to be coming up shortly because they started dropping regular social media posts again. I forget who I was talking to and I was like, something's going to happen because whenever they start to post regularly again, that means they're trying to pop back up in your algorithm so that when something happens, it's the first thing that you see. So I saw that happening starting about a week and a half, two weeks ago when I was like, they're ramping up for something Christmas is coming up. I didn't think it would be a teaser trailer, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I really didn't. I thought that maybe we would get some key art, maybe a scene for Christmas or something like that. I mean, I guess a teaser trailer usually comes before a scene, but I was pleasantly surprised with the overall look and sound of the teaser trailer. Ruth said, I figured tomorrow or Christmas a trailer would drop, didn't expect it this morning. Part of me wondered if something happened with that because it surfaced on basically every other platform and page before Stars released it. So I wonder if it wasn't intended to be released today. And then it just kind of started going viral, so they had to share it. It's kind of how I f- it made me feel seeing everybody post it before Stars actually posted it. The first thing that I noticed about this trailer in general was the lighting. Because when we watched the season six trailers, the one thing that we noticed was how cold and remote it seemed. Lots of snow, lots of washed out tones with grays and whites and blacks. And in this trailer for season seven, you really feel like there's been a transition that they're making. The lighting is warmer, the colors are warmer, the material is warmer in and of itself. A lot of intimate moments being shown between characters in this scene, even if it's just like little snippets, us book readers know what we're looking at. So for those of you that are show only watchers and do not like spoilers, this is going to be my spoiler warning for you to duck out now because this is a no holds barred discussion. I've got my book and I have some quotes from the book that I'm going to be diving into a little bit as well as some of the things that I think we are looking at in this trailer, even though that may not be entirely clear based off of the actual video that we're getting. So spoilers are coming down the pipe. If you don't like them, get out now. Nope, nothing about season eight, but you know, I'm not entirely surprised. I think that we probably will not get news on season eight for a couple more months, unless that is what they're planning on announcing on Christmas 
slash New Year's, and that's why they dropped the trailer early. But I really don't look to get an announcement of any sort on that for a while. It was actually really off the cuff or like not typical for them to give us the season seven announcement when they did. Like that was really early in the process. And I think that was just because Droughtlander was so long that they felt like they had to give us something. So that's why they gave us the season seven announcement as early as they did. Like I said, initially you really notice the lighting the music it's all very optimistic and uplifting which is interesting given where they end the trailer you really do see a juxtaposition between what we're looking at for season seven versus the end of the trailer which is a continuation of a season six storyline and it's in that those washed out colors with the the lighting isn't quite as bright and vibrant as what we've seen throughout the rest of the trailer so i thought that that was interesting that they're like yeah we've got all this to look forward to but first let's finish what we started with season six the first thing that i'm going to make sure to talk about today before we break down the individual scenes or screen grabs that i made sure to go in and make notes on is the general voiceover which i'll read it to you guys so it's jamie initially saying i had another dream there was light all around you but it wasn't a candlelight nor firelight and i thought now that must be what electric light is like and then Claire says, but how can you recognize something you've never seen in real life? And Jamie says, I dream of the past. Why would I not dream of the future? So when I'm looking at this scene, the very beginning, something seemed just a tad off about that voiceover. So I think my theory on this is that this is actually two different scenes. Just the tenor of the dialogue sounded a bit off. So I think when Jamie says, I had another dream, that actually is part of a later scene that we get. And then when they're talking about him seeing electric light and realizing it as different from firelight or candlelight, that scene, which I love that scene, but it's a precursor and also a reminder of what we saw in season four with his dream of Brianna before Brianna and Roger came to the past to kind of remind us that Jamie has this ability to dreamwalk into the future, so to speak, and see things that are happening outside of his time. So this whole candlelight thing is going to be a reminder of that so that later, after Bree and Roger and the kids go back, we're going to get that scene where Jamie sees Brianna and Roger and the kids with Fiona and her family and that's when the whole I had another dream will come into it as another thing that he's seeing. So that's kind of my theory on it, just because the dialogue sounded a bit off. Like it sounded like something was cut in between those two lines. So that's my theory. So I talked about the lighting and how warm it is, but also you kind of get that feeling even with the scenes that are being portrayed. You get literal firelight with the burning of the big house, which is a big thing that is going to be covered. And whenever I'm watching all of this stuff and breaking it down, it's very clear to me that everything that we're seeing in this teaser trailer is probably from about the first four episodes of the 16 episodes we can expect in season seven. So a very action-packed way to kick off this season. We're seeing the light that is being discussed in this voiceover in multitudes of ways. We're seeing it 
with, like I said, the burning of the big house and the firelight. We're seeing that in the fireflies that are all around Jamie and Brie in their discussion that they're having there. We're also seeing it in just the internal light that some of these moments have. We see it in this little interlude that Jamie and Claire are having and the smiles on their faces. I think I was thinking about the scene where we see John giving Jamie the sapphire. Like there's the candlelight of friendship almost. It's just these these rays of hope popping through, I guess, in the clouds of season six, which I really like that interpretation of. It. it just felt like a breath of fresh air after the heaviness of season six. And don't get me wrong, season seven is going to pick up right where we left off. I think it's kind of just because that was a major complaint from the fandom I felt like over the course of last season was how heavy and dark it felt, not only in storyline, but actually in the lighting and the color palette. So I felt like this was kind of their way of being like, the sun is coming, I promise. <laughs> That's kind of was my overall take on the trailer. The music was beautiful. They always knock it out of the park with their music on the show, whether it's the trailer or the actual episodes. The first major scene that I felt like we got a glimpse of in this trailer was the burning of the big house, which is kind of like, we know it's coming. They've been hinting about it and hinting about it for two seasons now at this point and we start to see it take shape in the trailer and it's not an obvious that's what we're looking at nothing about this trailer isn't obvious this is what we're looking at and i told my brother because they were him and my sister-in-law were both over so i had them watch the trailer because i already had it pulled up on my computer i said it's really good and then i looked at him and i said well i guess i should say it's really good for book readers if you're a show watcher you're not going to know what you're looking at and it's probably not going to be as impactful for you i feel like but they put lots of little nuggets in there for book readers the big house we don't know what we're looking at but but you can guess just by everybody on the ridge being present and Claire looking up at whatever structure is on fire just in complete horror pretty much tells you what you need to know that it's the house that's on fire. And then the second major scene that kind of caught my eye was, like I alluded to earlier, the interlude between Jamie and Claire that you have a feeling is going to lead to a sex scene, but they're not going to include that in the teaser trailer. I did kind of have some speculation on that scene because... It's obviously later in the season. It's one of the few scenes that we get that is from later on. We can tell that by a couple of things. So the set is new. I don't think it's quite when they go back to Scotland because it very much looks like colonial American architecture with the wooden paneling and stuff like that. No stone or anything to speak of. Claire's hair is much longer. And so those two things kind of give me the vibe that we're looking at probably middle of the season, if I had to guess from that scene. But it was so good to see this light moment between them. They're both smiling and you can really see that this is a cute moment between the two of them, which we haven't had in a while. <laughs> we got one in season six, but even with that light moment in season six, there were people that were complaining about it. So, um, and the awkwardness of having to film around Katrina's baby bump and all of that. So it's really good to kind of see Sam and Kat connecting back to each other. And it's back to business as usual for Jamie and Claire, which I thought was really great. I thought that maybe we were looking at a scene of them at an inn on the road. 
It kind of takes out any love scene that would take place after her rescue within the first episode or two because her hair is longer. So that's kind of why I'm thinking that it's later on down the road. The third moment, I call it a moment because it's not really a scene. It's one of those almost like screen grab moments is the Declaration of Independence pinned to the post or whatever it's pinned to. I looked at my mom when we were watching the trailer and I said, I bet you 10 bucks that's William ripping that off that post. <laughs> so I guess we'll have to wait another six months or so to see if she owes me 10 bucks, but I am highly confident on that. Like take bunkered on that because what other red coat would we be following in point of frame to see them looking at this declaration of independence and then care enough to see them rip it off the post like that. And we know it's a red coat because of the uniform. John at this point in the story does not have an active commission. So we know it's not him unless they decided to change that. But I really don't see them changing that because William has a very interesting and important storyline in the course of season seven, if we're following that to the T, which I really think that they are based on how often I've seen Charles Mandervar on set. I think that they're really working hard to follow the book as much as they can. I just got a little giddiness seeing the Declaration of Independence on there because I was like, wow, we're really getting into this. Like, I felt like they've been ramping this up for so long over the course of two seasons now, essentially, if you take into the state of things over the course of season five with the regulation all the way up through all the stuff that happened last season. And now we're really there. And so I was super excited to see that even if it was just literally like one second of real estate on this page. Tamara says it could be Major McDonald if they have him back and they should have him back. That's true. That's true. I don't know with all the new characters that we're going to be adding this season. I don't know if they would take the time to show his POV on something. That's my only thought on it. Um, like he makes a good side character. And if we get the Moores Creek Bridge stuff, which is up in the air, I don't know if we're going to get that or not. But if we do, then I could see maybe him being in a couple of additional scenes. But yeah, I think with William being added and Denny and Rachel potentially Dottie getting thrown in the mix, John being a larger character, the cast grows so exponentially over the course of book seven and by extension season seven that I just, I really think that it is William. Based on the post that he was ripping the Declaration of Independence copy off of, I think that there are two likely options for where this scene takes place. The first is Wilmington, if they see it posted on the Red Falcon Inn, which would be apropos since the last time we saw the Red Falcon Inn was in the episode Give Me Liberty last season. So that has those red posts as part of its design. So I could see that happening. But also there was a set in Chester that they did. I think it was in Chester. Maybe not Chester. Maybe it was Liverpool. Um, one of those that they did where they had the whole street done up as Philadelphia. It was either the brothel or one of the other sets near the brothel had those red posts outside of it too. So depending on how they want to play this, because admittedly season six's timeline was a bit off with when things were happening versus like historically when they would happen and all of that jazz. If they're going by the book, if they're trying 
going to kind of backtrack and reorganize things and make it all fit, then technically everybody should be in Wilmington. I don't know how they're all going to do it because William needs to be wherever Jamie and Claire and Roger and Bree are for that final scene that we know we're getting takes place. Joan says, I can't wait to see the interactions between William and Ian. Mm, I'm so excited for like the great dismal and all of that stuff. I hope, honest to God, they have an entire episode dedicated to that. William getting lost, Ian coming to rescue him, and then maybe we meet Denny and Rachel at the end of that episode. Because I feel like that's what that story requires. Like you really dig into William's character at that point in Echo. So I feel like we really need that. We need to establish that bond between William and Ian. We need that time with William. Moving on to probably what got me most excited about this entire trailer was the scene with Jamie and Brie and the fireflies because I was so bummed that they sort of, I mean, they're not going like religiously with the book, but if they were, they skipped over that in season six, which I understand because they, first of all, they filmed it in the dead of winter season six. So I understand that that wasn't logistically possible, but also it didn't really, I think, fit the vibe for the season, like the overall look and feel of season six. I think that's why they saved it for season seven, especially since they knew that they were getting season seven at that point. And I think it fits in so well. And it not only does it get me excited because that was one of my favorite scenes of the book, but it gets me excited because that leads in why include that scene if you weren't going to have the payoff to that scene when they get ready to send everybody back through the stones. So for those of you not quite sure what scene I'm talking about, there's a scene, if you watch the trailer today, where Jamie and Brie are sitting there and there are fireflies all around and Jamie has a firefly in his hand and they both watch it fly up into the air. And in the book, Brianna is telling Jamie how much all the fireflies remind her of the twinkle lights at Disneyland and explains to him what Disneyland is. She says, what I really loved about it was that when we were there, it was just the three of us and everything was perfect. Mama wasn't worrying about her patients. Daddy wasn't working on a paper. They weren't even silent or angry with each other. Both of them laughed. We all laughed all the time while we were there. Disneyland represents a really happy time, a happy memory for Brie. And I mean, hell, it's the happiest place on earth, right? So that is very appropriate. That scene between Jamie and Brie happens before they realize what's wrong with Mandy and everything, which I think is going to shift a little bit. I think that that scene's going to take place after Mandy's birth. But A, that we're getting a scene between Jamie and Brie. You know how I love me some scenes between Jamie and Brie and that we don't have enough of them. So A, that made me really happy. And B, it's the prelude to the scene at the Stones where Jamie says to Jemmy, if one day, Avalok, you should meet a very large mouse named Michael, you'll tell him your grandsire sends his regards. So that was a great line from Jamie and a wonderful little moment between Jamie and Jemmy. And so we are almost guaranteed by getting the firefly scene between Jamie and Bree, we will get that line from Jamie at the Stones. Angela says, yeah, they need it for his Mickey Mouse comment. They know they better give us that. <laughs> yeah. They better give us that. I think there were a lot of moments in this trailer that they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. Look, we included it. <laughs> so like I said, the show watchers don't really know what they're looking at, but they're just saying, 
it's in there like give us a break okay we're learning as we go here and i really will say that that i think as the seasons have progressed with the exception of season four they've gotten closer and closer to the books in my opinion i know that some of you may not agree but i do feel like they're a bit more religiously portrayed i guess as you move forward into the series the next moment that i had some errant thoughts on i did play this at three quarters speed so that i could kind of get some details on it that are not immediately clear if you're just watching the uh real-time play on it there is a moment where we see a man washing his face and it is up through the water. This may be my creative mind thinking. I'm not take bunkered on this because I realize that it's probably a long shot, but this was my thought on this scene. So I'll give it to you. I think that this is Willie washing his face. We see long dark hair and yes, it could be John, but it just does not look like David Barry's face structure. It looks more broad in the jaw than David Barry does. So I think it's Willie. And two little connections that my brain has made here that make me think this. And like I said, these are stretches, so I understand that this is probably like a wag, like a wild ass guess here. But there is a scene in Voyager when Jamie is at Hellwater where he's talking about how he doesn't have a mirror. So every morning he shaves his face in the water from the horse trough. Second is there is a scene at the end of Echo where Claire is thinking to herself, William is old enough to shave every day and he looks in a mirror to do that so he knows fine well what he looks like. So I feel like one of the key themes to this season is going to be self-examination. We got some key art after the trailer dropped today where the theme of this season is always listed in the key art. And it says, where do you belong? When do you belong? I don't think that it's a stretch of the imagination or a creative stretch to say that William goes on a huge journey in book seven. I think that's gonna be very well portrayed in season seven. All of our characters are learning things about themselves constantly, but for him, it is very much not only learning who he is biologically by the end of the season, but learning who he is as a man. And so I think that, the, and this is how I'm taking this. So if we're looking up from the bottom of a horse trough or wherever he's washing his face, you know he's looking at his reflection. And so I felt like that was a nice little nod to the journey that he goes on of self-examination in this season. So that's kind of why I think that that was William. That on top of the fact that we don't actually see William or John in this teaser trailer, we know they're there, right? Like they've been on set pretty much every day for the past nine months now they've been filming. We know that they're there. We know that they're a huge part of this season. But also, like I said, most like 95% of the stuff that we see in this episode are very much probably from the first four episodes of the season. So I think that these little unrecognizable little things that we are getting are our nods to that storyline that only book readers are going to understand. They're not going to give away this major plot point 
to show watchers if they don't know what's going on. Yeah, I get that they've announced Williams casting and everything, but show watchers are not addicted to content like us book readers, okay? For the most part, there are only a few show watcher only people that keep up with all the notifications and the casting announcements and everything like that. For the most part, people just watch the season and then they let it go until the next season comes on. So I think for that purpose alone is why we're not really seeing William in this trailer. But I think that the Redcoat tearing the Declaration of Independence notice off of the post and the young man looking at his reflection before he washes his face. I think those are our nods to William's presence in this this season. Scene number six is Mrs. Bug's funeral. And I know it's Mrs. Bug's funeral because you can see Arch following behind the casket in the wide shot that you get. That's our nod to that storyline coming to pass. I'm very interested to see how they're going to loop the Jacobite gold into this because it's been such a non-entity so far over the course of this series that I'm very interested to see how they're going to play this. I have a feeling based off of a scene we got in Give Me Liberty from last season that it's not going to be something where they make the reason for Mrs. Bug's death something else entirely and they're just scrapping the Jacobite gold story because we got mention of the gold in Better to Marry Than Burn when Jocasta is talking to Myrta. And then we got mention of the gold again in Give Me Liberty when Mary is talking to Jamie about Mrs. Innes talking in her sleep and rambling about Jacobite gold. So that leads me to believe that it is going to come back into the picture. It is going to end up in some way, shape, or form being the cause of Mrs. Bug's death and have some impact on the plot. Showing Mrs. Bug's death was a, a nice little nod to that storyline. Like I said, these are not massive space takers, okay? The entire teaser trailer was only 40 seconds. So we have Mrs. Bug's funeral. And then the big one that I wanted to, I was like, yes, was Mandy's birth. And Jamie and Roger both being present and Claire, since it's happening in Claire's surgery, that's obviously a non-starter that Claire is there. All being present for Mandy's birth and actually getting that birth scene, which is not something that we got at all in the books. It wasn't covered. It kind of yada, yada, yada over that part. And then it just picks up with Roger talking about how scared he was holding his newborn daughter. So I'm glad that they realized what a fuck up that was on that front not having jemmy's birth with jamie and claire there with brie that was a fan favorite moment that they just decided eh, i think we'd rather see brie as a strong independent woman who's capable of doing this all on her own really that's that's what you think we want to see yeah you'd be wrong but okay <laughs> um no we wanted to see Jamie and Claire helping their daughter birth a baby. That's what we wanted to see. That's what we expected to get. That's what we were pissed off at when we did not see it. So yeah, Angela said they owe us. And yes, they certainly do. We better get that and more in this scene. Like to make it right, they have to make it right because they did us wrong, so wrong in season four. Yeah, that was one thing I was looking forward to most, honestly. And they just cut it out entirely. That was massively disappointing. 
So yeah, the key details that we get there um, from if you screen grab it, you've got Jamie's hand on one shoulder, Roger's hand on her back. And is it completely sad that based off of this one shot that we get of this birth scene, I know exactly where everybody is standing relative to that set. Uh, just based off of the props in the background, that one hutch in the corner there. And you know, the birthing chair is sitting in front of it. Jamie is standing behind Bree and Roger on the opposite side. So yeah, that's really, I was disturbed with myself <laughs> that I know that set well enough to know where everybody is standing. Casey said, I will forever be angry about Jimmy's birth scene. <laughs> Just said same. I think everybody's pissed about that. Everybody that was expecting that scene to be there only to find that it wasn't there was pissed that it wasn't there. Jennifer, will including Jamie in birth scene diminish Roger's role again? I don't think so. I don't think that it would diminish Roger's role primarily because it's all new ground. There was nothing there in the book to kind of gloss over or change. It's all just extraneous material when you're looking at the show. It's not like they took something that Roger did and made it Jamie's or vice versa, which is what they've been famous for doing in the past. And I understand what you're saying, but I think that there's room for everybody in that scene, especially if they make it more than just one scene like they did with Henri Christian's birth in season six. Joan says, I'm amazed you can pick up on so many details. Well, I watched it like five times and two of those times were in slow motion. The eighth thing, it's a thing because it's a couple of little snips, is the compilation of all of the scenes from sending them back through the stones. And we know that that's what scene it is because of all the behind the scenes stuff that was leaked when they first started filming. We know we get at least a little bit of a scene between Brianna and Claire. We know we get at least a little bit of a scene between Roger and Jamie, all within that goodbye scene without really even showing us too much. Like we don't get any of the dialogue from that moment, but we get shots of them standing next to each other having some sort of discussion. I'm excited to get the dialogue at the Stones with everybody saying goodbye and everything, even though I know for a fact I'm going to need my box of tissues. Going to need a lot of tissues for that one. And I think that we're probably looking at episode four for that one, maybe five, depending on how much they weave together Willie and John's story with the Fraser's story. Because the way that A Breath of Snow and Ashes is formatted versus the way Echo is formatted, and I discussed this a little bit with Angela whenever we did our season seven live, but Echo kind of rewinds and then plays through all of that stuff from a different point of view. A Breath of Snow and Ashes follows the Frasers kind of through that whole fiasco leading up to them going back to the stones. And then when we get the beginning of Echo, it's the same time frame as the end of A Breath of Snow and Ashes, but we are getting John and William's point of view through all of that. And the Fraser storyline starts out basically where A Breath of Snow and Ashes ended for them. And then up until, what is it, Nexus in Echo, it's the chapter, the section title Nexus, which happens at the, in the middle of the book. Until then, the storylines are still all kind of mixed around and then by then everybody's caught up and we're pretty much moving forward from there. 
Um, so I think that the timing of Brian Roger going back to the 20th century is really going to depend on how much they choose to interweave the stories versus following the timeline format of the two books. If they choose to go more in line with the books than a singular timeline, we're probably looking at episode four. If they're choosing to weave in William and John's stories with the Fraser and the Max story, then we're probably looking at maybe episode five or six. That's kind of my thought on it, honestly. Another little snip that we get is the shot of a British mariner flag on a ship on the ocean. This could allude to a few different plot points, so I'm not quite sure, but my instinct says that this is yet another nod to John and William's appearance in America and that kind of story. But it also could be shots from when Jamie and Claire and Ian are escorting Simon Fraser's body back to Scotland because they're also on a British vessel at that point. It could signal a couple of different plot lines, but I thought that that was interesting that that was one of the things that we saw in this trailer, that they chose to put that in there. They don't often just choose to put things in there. Oftentimes they're very strategic with the things that they include in these trailers, so that's why it kind of caught my eye. The next thing and yet another reason that I think we are probably looking at that ship as a signal to John and William's storyline is for the scene that we get directly on the heels of that little clip, which is John handing Jamie the sapphire back that Jamie turned over to him at Ardsmere. So that was very interesting. And that's kind of, I think, what married those two thoughts together in my mind, because that was literally the only blip of a mention about John that we get in this entire trailer is that one scene where John is giving Jamie that sapphire back. I was really happy to see that scene included, to know that we're getting that in its entirety makes me smile. Also because I just want to see Sam portray the look on Jamie's face watching his son and his daughter interact because I loved that moment, honestly. Jamie getting that opportunity and knowing that that's going to be the only opportunity that he ever gets to see that. And so he's just taking in every single second of it. John standing there with him watching. I just want to see it so bad. So I'm glad that we're like getting the illusion to that. It makes me happy. Couple more things. We get one scene with Ian in it and I'm take bunkered on this as well. This is the scene where Ian kills Alan. You see him walking past the post of the cemetery, which we got a wide shot on when we were looking at Mrs. Bug's funeral. And Ian has blood in his eye. So I am, again, take bunkered on this, that this is the scene where Ian kills Alan. The final scene that is really something to talk about is the way that this trailer ends. And I said in the beginning of this chat that we were talking about how everything was kind of in a lighter hue of color and the material itself was a little bit of a love bubble, I guess, compared to where we left season six. But then this trailer circles back around and we are left right where we left off with season six in Claire being in mortal peril with being arrested for the murder of Malva. It's in that dark, dreary, it's almost like a filter, I guess, on it. Obviously, we know that this wasn't in the books. Obviously, we know she doesn't die. We could go one of two ways on this. One of you, I think it was Laura, suggested that this may be a dream sequence 
and that the man jerking her back from the edge of the platform is going to be her abruptly awakening to find that she's in jail, but she's not dead yet. The other option is that, and this is my theory on it, because I thought initially when I watched the trailer at full speed that it was Tom that was saving Claire, and it's not. When you watch it in reduced speed, it is someone else, some rando that we don't know who it is. So my theory on this is that they are going to make it a right up until the last moment keep you on the edge of your seat thing like they did with Jamie almost getting hung at the beginning of Wentworth Prison when Black Jack comes riding in on his horse and says, stop the executions. Yeah, so I think that we're going to kind of get that kind of vibe, but it's going to be the governor's men that are there to stop the execution because they need Claire's assistance in taking care of the governor's wife and they whisk her away to provide that sort of aid. I don't think that we're going to get the Tollivers or um, Sadie or anything like that. I think that that's all kind of going to be glossed over or not included at all. But I do think it's going to be the governor's men in some sort of fashion coming in at the last minute and saying her execution's been stayed. And then we're still going to get all of the governor material because honestly, what was the point of bringing in... Josiah Martin casting him, putting him in the episode Give Me Liberty if they weren't going to include that storyline with him and Claire. So that's kind of my thought on it, that we're still going to get all of that. Plus, we saw Jamie climbing on board of a ship. That was the very first behind the scenes like filming leak that we got from season seven. All of that being leaked already, that's what leads me to believe that this is, is all leading up to that. We're not going to have Jamie show up at the last minute and save her from being hung. That's not what we're looking at here. I think that it's going to be pretty close to the books, but I think that by having the governor's men showing up to save her before she's hung is a faster and more clear-cut way of getting her to the governor's mansion than the whole jail stuff with the black woman giving birth and all of that jazz. So that's my thought on it. The only other very important thing that we got out of this trailer is that we are looking at summer of 2023, peeps. Summer of 2023. So my thought all along has been late August, early September. However, summer of 2023 generally hints at June or July. They are done filming at the beginning of March is their schedule as of right now. I'm pretty sure they're almost done. Like I think they have one block left. I think they're on holiday break and then they have one block left when they come back and they're going to do their reshoots. So I think that is all why March is their deadline. But I think they're probably going to be done towards the end of February, if I had to guess. I'm not sure. It does not appear that we are looking at the season being split in two. It looks like we're just going to get one big shebang out of it. Because if they're going to be done filming in March, and then they're not releasing the episodes until July, now that they've said summer of 2023, I think that July is probably pretty accurate. Maybe August. With all of that, I don't think it's going to be split in two because if you don't have your episodes airing until July or August, that's almost 16 months after the start of filming for season seven. They're going to have probably the first eight episodes done by the time they start airing, if not the first 10 
or maybe 12 episodes. So they're probably going to be pretty dang far along in the editing process. They're going to have most of them cut and done, ready to air before they even start airing. So I think that they'll probably still be working on definitely the last block, maybe the last two blocks. But for the most part, I think it's all going to be ready there to, to air singularly. So I think that's all I have for today. Does anybody have anything else before we part ways? When do you think they will announce if there's a season eight or not? It's hard to say, honestly. I know that they're in talks about season eight. From what I've heard about the actors, they seem to be on board with that possibility, but it's all in the negotiation of it. I think they probably already know one way or the other. They would have to at this point to make sure that season seven is filmed correctly, formatted correctly. But as far as when we will know, it's really hard to say. It could be after season seven starts airing before we get any sort of announcement on it, honestly. Or it could be a couple months from now. I... Would not be surprised either way. I mean, I'm hoping that it's sooner rather than later that we know, but I really wouldn't look for any sort of announcement on season eight before March because that would mean that they're done filming season seven. They don't want the news of a season eight to overshadow anything that they're promoting as far as season seven goes. So I think that it will be strategically planned. And I, like I said, I don't expect any sort of announcement on that front until probably March. If it's before then, fantastic. If season seven is the last season, I look for us to get that news ahead of a trailer release because they will advertise it as the conclusion of the series and really try to draw people in on that. You want to see how it all ends, right? This is the last season, so make sure you tune in. So if it is the last season, it won't go out quietly. It's not like we're going to end season seven and just always wonder if there's going to be a season eight. It's not going to end that way. They're definitely going to let us know. Alrighty, guys. Well, I have family plans for Christmas, but I wanted to get on here and chat with you guys because I'm super busy all weekend and I'm excited and I know all of you are excited about this teaser trailer. So I wanted to chat with you. I'll let you guys go. Merry Christmas, everyone. It was so great to talk to you today and you have a good one. Bye. All right. So with the conclusion of that, Obviously, some things have changed since I recorded this episode on December 23rd, 2022. This week, we actually got an announcement that there will be a season eight, and it's going to be the final season of Outlander with a little tear. We all know it had to come to an end, and I honestly wasn't surprised by this news. I'm just glad that the actors and all the cast and crew were willing to come back for this final season, make it a fantastic ending that is planned, and we can really sink our teeth into and have some closure on the plot line. So as sad as it is that our favorite TV show is coming to an end, we also got the news that the prequel Blood of My Blood has been greenlit. No news yet on when that may start filming or may be live as far as for us to consume. But Diana Gabaldon did bring up a good point that they'll probably be using a lot of the sound stages and filming locations that they used for Outlander. So we really shouldn't look for that to even start filming until season eight is done filming so that they can kind of clear some of that space on the sound stages. So we're probably looking at a post season eight air date on Blood of My Blood if you're planning on watching that. 
As far as season seven news goes, we do have a couple of little tidbits that I wanted to share with you guys. The first being that Gillibridge McMillan, who played Gwilin the Bard on season one and also made an appearance in Men in Kilt season one, is the season seven Gallic consultant. I thought that was really cool because he kind of started out as just this performer and now he's really gotten some traction and is taken over the Gallic consultant role, which is really just where they run scripts by him to make sure that what they're wanting to say in Gallic makes makes sense. He helps the actors with their pronunciation whenever they go into a scene that has Gallic in it. So I thought that was a really interesting little tidbit for you guys. Also something that I was able to pick up over the course of the last few months, kind of doing my sleuthing. I always make notes as I go. The first four episodes of season seven are women directors. Lisa Clark directed episodes 701 and 702, and Jackie Gold directed episodes 703 and 704. So I also thought that that was really cool. No official word on scripts or writers, but I did actually see a screenshot that someone sent me, and I don't know how official this is. This is what was submitted to the Writers Guild. It looks like Danielle Barrow is the writer of 701, Tony Graffia wrote 702, Tyler English Beckwith, who is new to the show, wrote 703, Mark Franklin Williams, or Marky Franklin Williams, not sure how that's pronounced, wrote 704, Taylor Mallory wrote 705, and Sarah H. Hot wrote 706. So lots of stuff to digest there. It is kind of interesting. I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's concerning, but there are a lot of new writers there. And generally speaking, when we have new writers, it kind of tends to be an adjustment period for them to understand the characters that they're writing and not have any out of character moments. I assume that with Sam and Kat being upgraded to executive producers this season instead of just plain Jane producers, they will have a lot more say in those scripts. And so we may not see the transition period between writers rooms that we have in past seasons. So I'm optimistic. Overall, I hope that you guys found all of this information information enlightening. I know it's been a bit since I've had a announcement section of my podcast. I will continue to release news as I get it, as I see it, but I hope that you guys have enjoyed this little tidbit on the season seven teaser trailer and will join me for my upcoming series on men in kilts and clan lands, which should be airing in a couple of weeks. So with all of that, you guys have a fantastic couple of weeks and I will talk to you soon. Bye.